Well, Rob's going to come and bring us our reading from Psalm 139, then Nathan will come and preach. Thanks, Rob. So the reading is from Psalm 139, and you'll find that on page 628 in the regular-sized Bibles. If you have a large print Bible, it's on page 920. Psalm 139, and we'll read the first 12 verses. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Thanks, Rob. Can we pray before we come to God's word together? Father, I pray that you would help us listen, and not listen to my words or to each other's words, but Lord, listen to yours. Help us hear clearly what you would have us hear this morning. And Lord, may we be challenged and changed and encouraged and comforted. Lord, whatever we need from you today, please give it to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. As you... As we begin this morning, I want you to think back, think back in your lives. And here's the question. I wonder, back in your childhood, what was your favorite game to play? Can you think? What did you like and what did you enjoy playing? Maybe it was a simple game of hopscotch, for those of you with simple taste. What about a game of tag? Don't know. What about heads down, thumbs up? Do you remember that one? A classic classroom game. Now, this week, as I was preparing, I came across a survey a survey for over 30s, asking them what their favorite childhood game was. And the answer? Hide and seek. Great game, right? A game of hide and seek. And I wonder when the last time you played hide and seek was. It's a funny question to ask. Maybe it wasn't since you were a child. You haven't played it in years. Maybe you play it from time to time, you know, like around Christmas or summer with family and friends. Maybe it's something you like to get involved with. Or maybe if you've ever been part of Wellesley's home group, I don't know if you have, you play it probably once a month when you gather together for lunch. It's a a family favorite of the Wellesley's. But I wonder about this morning, right now here as we gather, do you feel as if you're taking part in a game of hide and seek? Not hiding from friends or family or someone from Wellesley's home group, but a feeling of hiding from God. Maybe you feel as if you're the one that's hiding 
Now, there's lots of reasons this morning as we gather that we might feel the desire to hide and hide from God. We might feel anger towards God. How did he allow that thing to happen to me? I don't want anything to do with God, and so I'll hide. It could be to do with busyness. You know what? I just don't have time for God. I've got so much else on my plate that I'd rather hide and bury my head in the sand and just hope everything sorts itself out. Just too busy. It could be shame. If God really knew what I'd done, if God really knew what had happened to me, he wouldn't want anything to do with me. And so we hide. Or maybe it's not you hiding from God, but you feel as if God is the one hiding from you. You might feel alone. You might feel afraid. Is God really there? Does he really care? Maybe you were here last week and you heard Neil teaching and preaching on the fact that God knows us fully. But even though you heard that truth and you might know that truth, still this morning you feel as if God is distant. Far off in the distance. Well, if any of those questions or thoughts or feelings ring true for you this morning, I've got good news. Because the passage that we're going to dive into shows us some amazing truths about God and his character. It tells us that, you know what, you can't hide from God. And God certainly isn't hiding from you. And the amazing thing is, this morning, there's an invitation for all of us to hide not from God, but to hide in God. And find joy, amazing joy in his presence. So can we do it? Can we get our Bibles open to Psalm 139? If you've closed them, get them open. We're going to be looking and focusing on verses 7 through to 12. And as David begins this section of the psalm, he begins by asking a question there in verse 7. Here's what he says. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? He poses the question. What if I did want to hide from God? Where would it go? What if I did want to play a game of hide and seek with God? Where would the best hiding places to be? My my top five. And he does. That's what he goes through in some of the verses that go next. He gives us his top five potential hiding places to get away from God. And he starts with the vertical axis. You see that in verse eight. If I go up to the heavens... You are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. The heavens. What if, says David, I was able to blast off into the heights of the heavens? I wonder if any of you have heard of the Voyager 1, an amazing space mission that was launched 42 years ago. Now, this satellite is the furthest object away from space, human-made object currently away from the Earth out in space. They estimate that it's traveled 13.2 billion miles in 42 years. Imagine, says David, I was able to get into the heights of heaven as far away as possible from the Earth, as far as the Voyager 1. Would God still be there? What about the depths? Not just the heights, but the depths. What if I was able to dive into the depths of the earth? I don't know if you've heard of the Mariana Trench. It's the deepest part of the ocean. 36, just over 36,000 feet deep. Airline planes, they cruise at an altitude of 35,000 feet. That's 1,000 feet deeper than that. It's incredibly deep, as deep as the ocean goes. 
And David says, if I go to the depths, the Mariana Trench, would I go there and find that God's absent? So he's got the, ver- the vertical axis here. He moves on to the horizontal. Verse 9. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, what if I was able, says David, to go as far as possible to the east or as far as possible to the west? The east. What if I was to go so far that I was able to catch the dawn before it rises? The west. What if I was able to far travel so far and sail to the end of the earth? If I got to the extremes of the horizontal axis, would I get there and find God is missing? And again, when it says this word here, the wings of the dawn, there's almost an element of speed here as well. The wings of the dawn, the light traveling across the horizon. David says, what if I was able to travel at the speed of light on the wings of the dawn? And now light travels fairly fast. They reckon it goes 300 million meters per second. Let me let you Uh, digest that a little bit by saying in one second if you were traveling at the speed of light you'd go seven and a half times around the world right 300 million meters per second and david says what if i was able to travel that fast would i be able to outrun god the heights the depths the east the west the speed if i got to the extremes would god be there Well, he gives us his answer in verse 8. If I go up to the heavens, what does he say? You're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. And this isn't David saying that if I got to those extremes and stayed there long enough, that if God had enough time, he might find me there eventually. You know, he'd catch me up. I'm quick, but God, he just gets me in the end. He's not saying that. He's saying, you're there. As in, you're there already. <laughs> Again, imagine David was playing that game of hide and seek, and he's like, right, where's the best places to hide in this house? I know, let's try under the bed. And he goes to look under the bed. Oh, God, you're already there. He thinks, ah, right, behind the curtains, right? Let's try, oh, God, you've got there before me. Laundry basket, great place to hide. He opens it. God, he's already there. He got there before me. And it's not just the fact that God is already there in part. It's that all of God is there. Again, this week was Lisa's birthday. And for her birthday, she happened to come across uh, a lovely bottle of perfume. I wonder who got her that. Uh, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. And um, <laughs> Lisa takes this amazing, lovely bottle of perfume and she begins to spray it in the bedroom. She wants to smell lovely and nice. What would happen to that perfume? Well, slowly and surely, the smell of the perfume would begin in one room, but it would begin to disperse, wouldn't it? And the smell, the scent of the perfume would spread out, and soon, definitely upstairs, and maybe the whole of the house would begin to smell of this lovely smell. Right? Lisa's bottle of perfume. But David is saying that God isn't like that. Okay? God is not like a bottle of perfume. It's not like God spreads himself thin so that a part of him or a scent of him is present everywhere. No. God is fully present everywhere. All of him 
is present everywhere. He is present in every point in space with the whole of his being. What an incredible truth that is. Again, Jeremiah, in Jeremiah 23, it says this to kind of summarize what I've just said there. Who can hide in secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. You can't hide from God. Regardless of where David flees, no, regardless of where David goes, God fills it all. God is fully present. Heights, depths, east, west. But there's one final hiding spot that David wants to explore. And he tells us it in verse 11. He says, I've got it. Here's one place where God won't be. Surely the darkness will hide me. And the light become night around me. We said at the beginning of our time together that there's many reasons that we might feel like hiding. Shame, anger, busyness. But the focus of hiding here in verse 11 is darkness. And it's a a picture, it's an image used in the Bible quite a lot. And it's often, pretty much exclusively, a negative image. Darkness. Darkness is what makes it possible for you to not find your way if you're in darkness, getting lost. Darkness provides cover for those wanting to cause harm. And darkness provides cover and hiding for those that are wanting to pursue sin. And so David asked the question here, is it possible for me to hide in the darkness? Is it possible for me to continue living my life, my way out of the sight of God? It's possible to hide our dark in darkness and to hide our sin from other people. We can get quite good, can't we, at saying the right thing, acting the right way, having the right answers to the questions that come our way, to portray a perfect image of ourselves to those around us so they don't see the brokenness. But can we fool God, is David's question. Well, again, he gives us an answer in verse 12. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. You see, darkness is no problem to God. Our darkest midnight is to God the brightest midday. We try and hide our sin and hide our brokenness in the darkness. We cover our eyes and say to ourselves, if I can't see God, he can't see me. But it's not true. God sees through the darkness. He sees fully and he sees clearly. And so these words are maybe words of warning to us this morning as we hear from God's word. For those of us that might want to hide in the darkness, that don't want the light to expose our sinfulness and brokenness. It might be that we want to hide because of a feeling of shame that the sin might cause. Or wanting to hide because we want to continue in the darkness. We don't want to give the sin up. That we love and cherish. But again the word of warning. No darkness can cover sin. No darkness can allow sin to escape God's notice. So where have we got to so far in our journey through the psalm? Both last week and this week we've seen that God fully knows. That was our message last week. God fully knows. And so far this morning we've seen that God is fully present. There is nothing God doesn't know, and there's nowhere that God can't go. 
But I've still got some questions. And I don't know if you have as well. You might be sat there and say, great, thanks, Nath. Those truths might be true, but are they good? They might be true truths, but are they good truths? You know, it might be possible to read here into the tone of David's voice of God is fully present. And he's saying, no matter where I go, God, you're always there. Right. I just can't get rid of you. You know, I go here and you're there. I go there and you're there. You just kind of always follow me like a little brother or sister. You might kind of read that into David's tone. Or you might be sat there thinking, okay, these truths might be true that God is fully present and that he fully knows. But is that it? Is that all that is true? What if God knew, but he withdrew? What if God was there, but he didn't care? One commentator said helpfully, a God who knows, or even a God who is present, and yet a God who is unwilling or unable to help, is not a God at all. And here's the thing. These truths are good this morning. And these truths are not all there is this morning. Because we've seen in the passage, firstly, that you can't hide from God. But secondly and finally, you can hide in God. And that's where David takes us to next as we return back to verse 10. Let me read again what it says. Even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. You see, God doesn't just fully know and God isn't just fully present But in Psalm 139, we find a God who is fully active. Fully active, working for the good of those who love him. And we see God's active presence working in two ways. Providing direction and providing security. Let's start with direction. Now, I was thinking I was preparing this. I am a sports person, right? I love playing sport and my sport is hockey. And it can be sometimes quite terrifying playing hockey as a hockey goalkeeper. The ball's flying past you. But I was thinking, what's the most terrifying sport there is? What's the most terrifying sport there is? And I came up with this answer. Blind Paralympic skiing. Right. Imagine being blind and having to ski down a mountain. Wouldn't that be absolutely terrifying? I can't think of anything more terrifying to be blind and having to navigate your way down a mountain. But isn't that a little bit of a picture like us? A blind Paralympic skier. In verse 12, we talked about the darkness being a warning that no sin is unseen by God. But darkness can also be a picture of life circumstances, can't it? We find ourselves feeling lost, feeling blind scrambling around in the darkness and we find ourselves having to navigate the mountains of life that are thrown our way illness injustice maybe deceit pain life personally and also darkness in the lives of those around us and like a blind skier if we were left alone it would end in disaster So how does a blind skier get down a mountain? Right. Well, they have a guide. 
Right? An amazing guide provides amazing guidance for the blind skier down the mountain. They go right in front of them. And the skier follows in their, in their tracks. They are mic'd up and communicating to them so that they're giving them direction every single slide of the way. An amazing guide providing amazing guidance. In another psalm, Psalm 23, David kind of expands on this point by saying, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And so God provides amazing guidance. What a comfort to know that the God who is fully knows and the God who fully is present guides us through the darkness and not only does he guide us he's with us he is with us helping us navigate our way direction but also security see what it says there again your hand will hold me fast now there's lots of things we look to to provide us security in life if it's online security antivirus programs isn't it Financial security, or maybe pensions or life savings. Home security, alarm systems, cameras. But what if your security was provided by the God of the universe? What if you were held fast to be safe and sound in the hands of God Almighty? And not just any hands. The right hand of God it talks about there. That's the hand of of power. That's the hand of authority. You see, it's not as if God wants to help us and offers us help, but it can't actually do anything about the situations we find ourselves in. No. God is powerful to help. He's able to help us in our situations of need. And not only is he able to help, but he promises he will help. Twice there it says, will. It's a promise. It's a guarantee of help provision of direction and security from God himself. This week, uh, my mum on our family WhatsApp group sent us uh, a picture of her and some friends going to see Les, Mis- Les Miserables in a concert in Liverpool. I don't know if any, any of you have seen that. And in one of the scenes, uh, Jean Valjean gets helped and gets provision from an old priest. And he was provided uh, help and support in a church building. And it brought to my mind what used to happen in the past in church buildings like that in Les Miserables and also maybe church buildings like this today is that if people were in need or needed help, they could go to a church building and they were offered sanctuary. Yeah, they went into the church building and no authority, no police would dare enter the church building because the thought was that this was the place where God was. This is God's house. And he has authority and he's offering sanctuary to this individual in their time of need. We see what David is saying here in Psalm 139. For those that trust in God, not only is a church building a sanctuary, but the whole universe. If God is everywhere, the whole universe is offered to those who trust in God as a place of sanctuary. A place to find direction, a place to find security, a place to find God's presence and find joy in knowing God. 
And the question I want to leave you with and leave us with this morning is, why would you run from that? Why would you run from that? You see, the truth that knowing God fully, sorry, the truth that God knows us fully, and that God is fully present, and that God is fully active, and that God is fully powerful, those are truths when seen clearly that cause fear, don't they? To know an almighty, powerful God like that, a response that causes fear. But don't let it this morning be a fear of dread and panic, but a fear of humility and of awe before a God that's very much different than we are. A God who is beyond anything we could ever imagine. And so if you're tempted to hide and to flee from God this morning, then by all means flee, but flee to him. If you're tempted to hide, then by all means hide, but hide in him. The question that David begins with isn't the question that we should be asking. He says, where can I go from your spirit? But we should say, why would I go from your spirit? He says, where can I flee from your presence? But we should say, why, why don't I flee to your presence? And so this morning, as we've read the psalm, it's an invitation, isn't it? It's an invitation to come to God, to hide in him and to bring him the things that we're going through. To bring him our pain and our shame. To bring him our sin, knowing that he offers perfect and full forgiveness. To bring him our questions, to bring him our fears and our anxieties, and to talk to him in prayer. To bring those things to him, knowing that he knows them already, fully, and is capable and powerful to do something about them. To bring him our praise, as we see clearly who he is. To bring him our thanks, to bring him our worship. Knowing that if we come to him, he will guide us. If we come to him, he will hold us. We're going to sing in a moment two songs. And the final song that we're going to sing to end our service this morning has some amazing words. It's called, He Will Hold Me Fast. And one of the verses says this. For my life, he bled and died. Christ will hold me fast. Justice has been satisfied. He will hold me fast. Raised with him to endless life. He will hold me fast. Till our faith is turned to sight. When he comes at last. How is it possible for us this morning to find our hiding place in God? It's made possible through the saving work of Jesus Christ. His life for ours. Him taking the justice and the punishment for sin that we deserve. And him raising to new life. That is offered to us this morning. Will you come? Can we sing? Can I pray? And then we'll do that. Father God we thank you for what your word says. And teaches us. I pray that we would. Have heard your word this morning. And I pray as we sing now, you will help us from our hearts sing authentically and truly. And Lord, we thank you that your word transforms our hearts. We pray that it would this morning in all of us. 
And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Father God, we thank you that we can't hide from you. I pray we wouldn't see that as a a burdensome thing, but Lord, as a comfort. We are known to you and you're with us. Your presence is full. And Lord, I pray this morning that we'd be drawn not to hide from you or flee from you, but to hide in you. To find direction through darkness, to find security in darkness. And Lord, I thank you that the words of that song are true today, true tomorrow, and true until the day we meet you and stand before you face to face. He will hold me fast. He will hold me fast. For my Savior loves me so. He will hold me fast. Amen. Amen. Amen.